Welcome into this Friday edition of Hitting Hard with John Chuckery. Today on the show, it's time for the Falcons to develop their new wide receivers. Options are getting thin for the Atlanta Braves. And this quarterback starting rumor thing, blah, blah, blah I'll explain all that. It's Hitting Hard with John Chuckery, Locked on Sports Atlanta. This is Hitting Hard with John Chuckery, part of Locked on Sports Atlanta. And it starts now. Welcome in on a Friday edition of Hitting Hard with John Chuckery here in Locked On Sports Atlanta. Head to YouTube.com. Put Locked On Sports Atlanta into your search browser. When you find us, hit that subscribe button. Leave us a comment. Free and available on all of your favorite podcast platforms, including Spotify and Odyssey. Download us today and leave us a five-star review. Then give me a follow on my personal Twitter page. That would be at JMCH316. You know, one of the things that the Atlanta Falcons have done in this run, really even since the very first Super Bowl run in 1998, is they have drafted and developed wide receivers very well, right? But I'm going to give you an interesting number here, okay? In the uh, year of our Lord, 1999, at the height of the Attitude Era in the WWE, in 1999, Terrence Mathis went for 1,016 yards and six touchdowns as an Atlanta Falcons wide receiver, okay? Since that time, there's only been one player who's not named Roddy White, Julio Jones, or Calvin Ridley that has been a 1,000-yard wide receiver for the Atlanta Falcons. That was Harry Douglas in 2013 with 1,067 yards and two touchdowns. And remember, that's the year that the Falcons had Julio, Roddy, all were hurt, right? And Harry was literally the only option that was left, okay? So while the Falcons have done a good job over this run of always having one or two high-caliber wide receivers, Roddy, Julio, Ridley, right? All guys that they drafted, all guys that they developed, all guys that played throughout here, they need to go find their next crop of wide receivers. And obviously, they drafted Drake Lennon this year. We'll see what he can become. But... You would have thought that along the way, somebody not named Roddy, Julio, or Ridley since 1999, which is what, 23 years ago, you've had one guy who had sort of a breakout season. And to be honest, the only reason that guy had a breakout season is because of injuries, right? The the two top dogs were gone. Harry only had 1,067 yards if, if, if Roddy and Julio are still healthy and playing, he won't, he wouldn't get that. So the Falcons need to start finding themselves some wide receivers and building some depth and things like that. You know, look, every team in the league is looking at having their one big wide receiver, right? But a lot of teams do have a complimentary piece that is, and, and look, the Falcons have even done this, right? Because when They drafted Julio. They already had Roddy in place, so you had two primary wide receivers. And then with Julio here, and he became the the top dog, right? Then they drafted Ridley, and he had two threats. Falcons need to find those additional threats at wide receiver. Now, I'm not saying let's go back down the Detroit Lions route of investing another top 10 pick into a pass catcher. Back-to-back years of top 10 pass catchers when you desperately needed offensive and defensive line help I'm pumping the brakes on all that. Again, 
three years after the Lions drafted those three wide receivers in the top 10, they were an 0-16 team. Have to find a different way to win. But what I'm hoping for, and, and I say I'm hoping for, is the idea that they develop somebody that they have right now within house. And we'll talk more about this in just a second, but betonline.net, we talk about them all the time here on the show. The fastest, easiest way to find out and check on all of your betting needs, find your favorite sports and events, the number one online source for odds, lines, games. We're in the heart of baseball season, right? Things are cranked up and going now that we're past the all-star break. Golf, MMA, boxing, we're about to hit in the NFL season, right? All kinds of things that you want to start putting some wagering on betonline.net is your easiest and best source to do that. It's a top online resource for sports wagering information, live in-game betting, scores, podcasts, everything that you want. And they've got every sport there available to you, including combat sports, esports, even golf that's available to you. Hit them up at betonline.net. Use your mobile device today. Learn about the action that's happening. Betonline.net is where the game starts. So look, I'm hoping that whether it's the Edwards kid that they traded for, for the Raiders, it's Auden Tate, it's somebody. But they're going to have to start rebuilding this whole wide receiver movement. Now, look, I know some people are going to say, well, Calvin Ridley's still there. He's just on suspension. The days of Calvin Ridley as an Atlanta Falcon are over and done with. And I firmly believe that. If they were looking to trade him before without knowing he's going to get suspended, they're certainly going to move on from him now. To cost them a year. And look, he becomes a valuable trade piece not just because of Calvin Ridley, the person production and things like that. But, you know, if you trade him, he's only on the final year of his rookie deal. He still gets his rookie contract, which I want to say was 10 or $12 million or something like that. It was a very reasonable price for a year that a team could take that on and then, okay, let's sign him to a big deal or let's extend him now or whatever. He, he can become a very attractive trade piece. His days as an Atlanta Falcon are done and over. So, Let's see, first off, if Drake London can assume that role. Because if you think about it, he's a higher draft pick than Roddy. He's a higher draft pick than Ridley. Only Julio, who was drafted at number six, is higher than what Charles London is at number eight. So you have a lot of high draft capital in here. Can Charles London be Julio, Ridley, Roddy? I don't know. You know, I don't know. I know he's got all the ability in the world. I know he's got plenty of skill. You know, he really made a lot of different Southern Cal quarterbacks look good this past season with his ability to go get the ball, with his ability to catch in traffic, his ability to, you know, put his hands on just about anything. He made a lot of good quarterbacks. You know, Jackson Dart and some of those guys have life in college football still because of the work that guys like Drake London did at Southern Cal. So I'm hoping that he is that guy and he's that next wave of top flight wide receiver but they have to find more. They have to find this next group of guys. The league is a passing league. You have to be able to have your quarterback stand in the pocket, push the ball downfield. That's life in the NFL, okay? NFL life isn't two tight ends in the eye and, and run it downfield. The NFL isn't just all gimmicked offense and things like that. Your quarterback has to be able to stand in the pocket, push the ball downfield. You need guys who can catch the ball out there. But it's surprising to think that the Falcons – haven't had any other complimentary piece other than the one injury year. It speaks to at least how the overlapping of all of their top wide receivers was. That you had Roddy, then comes Julio, and as Roddy fades out, here comes Ridley. So at least the Falcons have done a good job over this run since, in, you know, really if we want to call it the 
I guess what, even the pre-Mike Smith era, right? The Jim Mora era, you know, a Falcons football post-life after Dan uh, Reeves is they've been able to have some wide receivers that have been very productive for them. But now they have to go find it. And it seems like the way that they're doing it is not necessarily through the draft, but what they're doing is they're trying to go out there and find these quote-unquote big targets and things like that. I'm hopeful. I'm excited to see. I'm, I'm big on the idea of Auden Tate. I'm big on the idea of Edwards. You know, I think that there are guys here that if given the chance and because of other situations that they were in, Tate's a guy who, because of his injuries, got squeezed out of Cincinnati. And the fact that they have Jamar Chase and Boyd and Higgins, he gets squeezed out. You know, the Raiders moved on from Edwards. They feel like they have answers. And obviously Waller's a tremendous tight end out there. And they just signed Adams to, you know, the gargantuan contract. So it's time for the Falcons to build this wide receiver room back up. Let's see if they can find, we've drafted Drake, who can be that complimentary piece for this team. All right, when we come back, options are getting thin for the Atlanta Braves. We'll talk about that next. It is John Chuckery hitting hard on Locked On Sports Atlanta. Back with you on Hitting Hard with John Chuck and Locked On Sports Atlanta, asking you to head to youtube.com, put Locked On Sports Atlanta into your search browser. When you get there, hit that subscribe button. Of course, we are free and available on all of your favorite podcast platforms, including Spotify and Odyssey. Leave us a five-star review after you download us. And of course, you can give me a follow on my personal Twitter page at JMCH316. Look, we all know what the Braves need, right? The Braves need to go find themselves an outfielder, but the market's thin. You know, and that's why Ben Intendi headed to the Yankees really was just kind of frustrating because that would have been sort of the perfect fit. Doesn't mean that Alex Anthopoulos can't find somebody else. And obviously, look, give Alex Anthopoulos all the credit in the world. The way that he's been able to keep these kinds of things together, he's been able to, you know, mix in some guys that maybe we didn't expect would have those kinds of impacts. And of course, you know, they blow everything up. Look at last year when the idea of, okay, we got to rebuild our outfield, right? So let's bring in Jock Peterson to start with. And I remember when I was on air on the radio station when Jock Peterson was traded for, that was not a popular trade amongst fans. Oh, this guy can't do this or that or whatever like that. Come in here and completely stabilize their outfield. Game a little bit of punch, game a left-handed bat, stabilize their defense in the outfield, and off we went. Jorge Soler was awful in Kansas City. He comes in and is the you know, MVP of the World Series. Eddie Rosario was awful for the Cleveland Indians. He traded Kung Fu Panda, who was doing nothing for you. And Rosario comes in and he's, you know, crushing it throughout the playoffs. You know, ALC or uh, NLCS and Milwaukee just had a big, tremendous run, right? And those guys were big main reasons why the, the Braves got themselves a World Series championship. This year, you know, it is a lot of vagabond players. Look, I'm going to give you three names for outfielders. Um, a lot of people think that the San Francisco Giants at this point should start to get themselves in sell mode, okay? That they're fading quickly. They're not going to win the division. They're probably not going to be a playoff team with all the competition. Look, that Central's a very tight race between Milwaukee and St. Louis. Obviously, out West with the way the Padres and the Dodgers have played. And then in the East, the way the Braves and the Mets have played. You're really squeezed out probably of a good playoff spot if you're the San Francisco Giants because you're going to play those Western team so often that going to be hard to accumulate wins. Jock Peterson is obviously a guy who may or may not be out there, right? Now, when I give you the other two names, you'll understand why that Jock Peterson, to me, 
is probably the best option for the Braves again. You know, obviously, I love the fact Peterson is an all-star this year. I love the fact that he is a left-handed bat. Um, 17 homers, 43 RBI, was an all-star this year. Again, he's only hitting 242 on the season. But, you know, look, 811 OPS, you know he's a good defensive player. And obviously, the winning element that he brings to the franchise, right? He becomes an immediate fan favorite. We know everything we need to know about Jock Peterson and the pearls and this and that. Hell, maybe if he comes here, he'll bring the pearls back. I don't know. He may have a new gimmick this time. It may be rubies or sapphires or emeralds or who knows what he may have, you know, this year when he comes back, whatever like that. To me, that would be the top target for the Atlanta Braves when we're talking about outfielders. Next would be Brandon Drury. Now, he's the quote-unquote maybe next best option among outfielders that's not named Trey Mancini. I think Trey Mancini is going to be a very popular trade target for some teams for the Orioles. Problem with Mancini is he is a real defensive liability. So we got enough of those guys, you know, around. Brandon Drury is a guy who is a right-handed hitter, mostly an infielder, third base, second base, but he is an outfielder and he's actually played a couple of different outfield spots. He can certainly man down an outfield position. 61 runs scored this year, 19 homers, 57 RBI, 271 with a 332 on base percentage. The only thing I question about, well, a couple of things that I question about uh, Drury. One is he does play in a home park that is a bandbox. And obviously, even for a right-handed hitter, it's a bandbox. Those numbers may flatten out a little bit if he gets in here to Atlanta. Again, nice power punch, right? If you're talking about a guy who's literally like a sort of replacement for what Adam Duvall is, Drury fits that bold. He gives you that right-handed power. I've said before, though, I'd very much like to see another left-handed bat, especially when we get into the division race where we're talking about Alcantara and DeGrom and Scherzer, right? And all these, most of the top flight pitchers that are right-handed pitchers within your division, right? I'd rather see a left-handed bat to match up against some of those guys. Because let me tell you, Rosario is going to be in the lineup when the right-handers pitch. So you might as well have a left, left-handed hitting outfielder to make sure that that guy can start every day. So Drury is a very popular trade target as well. Of course, the Reds are disgraceful. They're, they're the you know one of the flea bag organizations in Major League Baseball. Then the final name is a guy who is going to be here this weekend when the Braves get ready to take on the low-life dirtbag, pawn scum, Arizona Diamondbacks. They're another flea bag organization. They stink. One guy to watch for the Arizona Diamondbacks is David Peralta. Now, Peralta's a kid who, and I say kid, he's 34 years old. Peralta's a little bit older. He is that left-handed bat that, that you would like to have. He is an outfielder that's got a little bit of punch um, to him. This year, 28 runs scored, 12 homers, 41 RBI, 251 with a 317 on base. He is a former silver slugger, and he's a former gold glove winner. Now, Again, you got to go back to, you know, the Obama administration, I think, to to find the last time he did all those things. But he's another guy that fits the bill. So when I say Jock and Drury and Peralta, you know, Jock maybe moves the meter a little bit because of what we saw last year. But by and large, we're not talking Otani. We're not talking Soto, right? We're not talking about making one of those big home run splash types of moves. But the Braves need outfield help. And in a marketplace that's thin, now that Benintendi's gone, 
I'm not really high on Trey Mancini. I think Mancini is a good player. Just the Braves don't need another guy who's a butcher out in the outfield. If I, if, if I want that, I've already got Azuna and Rosario. I got plenty of guys who can go out there and muck it up out in the outfield for me, right? I need somebody who's at least sort of competent out in the outfield. Peterson, Peralta, Drury come in here and they could be an option for the Braves out there. My guess is, especially, you know, with all three of those guys, maybe more Peralta and Drury, there isn't a whole lot you're going to have to give up. And this is going to be the other thing about the Braves at the trade deadline is how many moves are the Braves able to make? And, and I don't mean like they're about to run out of players or anything like that. But now that you've traded Longoliers and Waters and Pache and all these different guys, right, your minor league system of, you know, talent isn't there anymore. You know, the Braves are not a very high organization. I don't think they want to trade Schuster. They certainly don't want to get into trading Strider for anybody, right, because that's another name that's going to pop up as, as a guy that teams are going to look at, right? Now, look, you trade for Soto or, you know, Otani, now you're into Strider. Now, now you have to give up Strider and pieces like that. You ain't getting the MVP of the league, uh, you know, you know, for for a bag of beans. You have to give somebody up like that. But we're not talking about that here with Drury, Peralta, and Jock Peterson. I would love for the Braves to go out and get Jock Peterson. To me, Ben Intendi was the perfect fit. Play the different positions of outfield. You know, he's young. He can you know play all the different outfield positions. High high batting average. High on base. You know, fits right in the top of the order. When you need some help there, would have been perfect. Give me Jock Peterson. Peralta, Drury, those guys feel like guys. But I will say this, though. You know, if as a fan, I trust what Alex Anthopoulos is going to do. And he may have a name that's completely off our radar. We're just talking about some of the guys that are becoming more popular trade targets. Drury, Peralta, Jock Peterson. Those are names that people are talking about that, okay, these guys may be available. And it very well may be that Jock Peterson is not available for the San Francisco Giants. They may not decide to throw in the towel and say, all right, we're done. We're good to go. They may decide to keep Peterson because they want to be in the Soto sweepstakes or the Otani sweepstakes. They're going to spend money. They're going to go in the offseason and spend a whole bunch of money. They may say Peterson is not available. If not, now the marketplace gets really thin, like razor thin. Drury, Peralta, those guys are nice. They don't move the meter. They don't feel like any big-time pieces. But again, I will say, I'll trust Alex Anthopoulos to find what this team needs. An outfield position right now seems to be their top need. All right, when we come back, rumors spread like wildfire on a story that, again, to me has no teeth behind it, but it's what we've got to do in media today, right? I'll talk about that next. John Chuckery on Hitting Hard on Locked On Sports Atlanta. Hitting Hard with John Chuckery on Locked On Sports Atlanta. Head to YouTube.com. Put Locked On Sports Atlanta in the search browser. When you get there, hit that subscribe button for us if you would. Free and available, all of your favorite podcast platforms. You can download us today, including on Spotify and Odyssey. We ask you to leave us a five-star review when you get there. And, of course, give me a follow on my personal Twitter page, at JMCH316. You know... In today's blue check mark media frenzied world, right? It's not about being right. It's always about being first. And the other day, the now make sure you listen to what I'm saying. The quarterbacks coach for the Falcons, quarterbacks coach, not the owner, not the general manager, not 
the head coach, not even the offensive coordinator. Nobody of any real authority to make a decision had this to say. This from Charles London. Quote, obviously we've got a plan for it. Talking about his quarterbacks. Let me pronounce, pal. i got to qualify. Talking about the quarterbacks. Obviously we've got a plan for each of them. Marcus is the starter. That's how we're going into this thing. And everybody ran. Oh, Marcus Mariota's the starter for. Okay, uh, let, let's let's everybody slow down. Okay, ain't nothing Charles London said that changes anything about what camp is this off season. Nothing. Okay, yes, Mariota right now is the starter. You have to designate a quarterback one, quarterback two when you start running your offensive sets or you line up with this offensive group. It's very, run a practice. And you're going to have a guy that that you list as quarterback one, quarterback two, just like you have a guy who's going to run with the starters and not run with the starters, right? One day, Matt Hennessy runs with the starters. One day, Drew Dahlman runs at center with the starters, right? You designate those guys that who's going to run with who. So it was an innocuous comment because, yes, Mariota, for right now, when you're lining up with the first team offense, is going to be the starter. But it has nothing to do with this comp because that's this is what happened. Yahoo, TMZ, all the blue checkmark media folks ran with it. Well, the competition's over. Mariota won the job. How? Who said that? Charles London made a comment about we're going in this thing right now as Mariota's our quarterback one. Yeah, you're supposed to have you, you designate who's your quarterback one, just like you designate who's your left tackle one, just like you designate who's your outside linebacker one. But that doesn't mean that that's locked in stone and that's your starter week one of the regular season in the NFL. Look, I've said for months now, I've said since the day they signed Mariota that he'll be the starter. Hell, why don't I get credit? Why don't they say, well, John Chuckery said that Marcus Mariota is going to be the starter. You could have saved yourself a whole bunch of time three months ago if you'd have just used my quote and said, yeah, Mariota is going to be the starter. Now, we talked to D. Orlando Ledbetter here on the show the other day, and he said, yeah, it's probably about a 2% chance. I've talked to Steve Weish the night, probably very limited. Most people believe it's less than 5%. I get all that. But the problem is running with a story that's not there and running with a story that is sourced by somebody with all due respect has no decision-making power. Charles London isn't the guy who's going to make the announcement. That'll be Fontenot, Arthur Smith, Dave Ragone. That there are at least three people above Charles London that have the authority and power to make those kinds of decisions. Whose neck is more on the line about making those decisions than Charles London. And this isn't a knock against Charles London, but in the pecking order and hierarchy of things, you know, this is like the old, and you got to be a really old guy to remember this, but when Reagan got shot, in what, 1980 or whatever, when 81 or whatever, when Reagan got shot and Alexander Haig, who had no authority or no power under the Constitution, came out and said, oh, yeah, I'm in charge. Well, yeah, it sounds great, except that you don't have any authority. Well, Charles London isn't deciding who the starting quarterback is. He's try- His job is to coach the two guys up and see what he can get out of those guys, not make the decision, but Yahoo, TMZ, CBS, they'll – the competition's over. It is. Listen to what Dave Ragone said yesterday. Listen to what the head coaches said. Listen to what Desmond Ritter and Marcus Mariota are saying. 
those are the guys that are invested in all this. And we'll talk more about it in just a second here, but I want to talk about my folks over at CoffeeAM, CoffeeAM.com. Listen, you know, they're the best small batch coffee roaster in America. I love these folks. I'm sitting here drinking a cup of coffee right now. They're Coffee AM. Love these folks. Listen, you like organic coffees. You like flavored coffees. You want different roasts. You want teas. You want gift sets. You want K-Cups. Everything's available to you at CoffeeAM.com. And the great thing about these folks is they are here in the state of Georgia. They're up in the Canton area, online coffee company. You can't go wrong with these folks. We've got a deal going on right now, too, for our Locked On Sports Atlanta listeners. So here's what we got. I'm very passionate about these folks. CoffeeAM.com backslash Locked On. When you get there, go there today, shop through their wide menu and extensive selection of coffees, teas, gift sets. Like I said, you want K-Cups, you want ground, you want flavored, you want organic, you want strong, you want light, whatever it is, everything's available there to you. And when you put together that first order at CoffeeAM.com, Use that coupon code locked on, L O C K E D O N, locked on. Use that coupon code at checkout, and you're going to get 15% off that first order of coffees, teas, gift sets, whatever it is you want to put together on that first order. 15% off simply by using the coupon code locked on. Love these folks at coffeeam.com. Take advantage of that 15% discount on your first order. Coffee AM is the best small batch coffee roaster in America and located right here in the state of Georgia. But it, it's funny how today's media takes an innocuous comment and makes it sound. Because here's what's going to happen, okay? Because I, I've told you this months ago. Mariota is going to be the starter. It, it makes the most sense. That's why they brought Mariota in. He's played for Arthur Smith. He understands the offense. He understands his quirks and tendencies. Ritter is still a third-round draft pick trying to learn his way in the NFL. It's a very bad offensive line that the Falcons have. I don't want to see Desmond Ritter line up in week one and run for his life. See Justin Fields. I don't want that for Desmond Ritter. That's not life. If I'm going to get somebody beat up, let it be Mariota. So he will be the starter. And when the actual coach or GM or offense coordinator stand in front of podiums and say, yep, Mariota is our starter week one. We've decided to go that route. Much like Kyle Shanahan just did out in San Francisco. Trey Lance is our guy. He's going to be our starter week one. Okay. Now you can figure it out from there. But the blue checkmark media is going because this really isn't much of a competition at the end of the day, but that's a separate discussion for another day. But the blue checkmark media is going to stand up and applaud themselves and celebrate. Tiger. Well, see, we told you, Mariota. We told you when uh, Charles, Charles London has nothing to do with that decision-making. He, They may ask him his thoughts and this, that, and the other, but he's not the arbitrator of those kinds of things. Him saying that means nothing. It was an innocuous comment. But again, this is what we do in our society today. The media looking for every little story. Pro football talk was like, well, the competition's over in Atlanta. It is? Did anybody tell the offense coordinator, the head coach, or the two quarterbacks? Because here's the thing. On my radio show every single night, I play every bit of audio that's been had at camp that day. And guess where I'm going to be? I'm going to be at training camp today. We'll talk about that in just a second. But I'm going to be at training camp that today. Okay. CBS out there, TMZ out there, any of the other vagabonds out there? Is is Mike Florio out there? You know, getting 
I'm playing the audio every single night. I hadn't heard a peep out of the head coach, general manager, offensive coordinator who spoke yesterday that this competition's over, what have you. But again, they're going to act like they were right or they had some insight. Remember when we told you, Charles, that doesn't mean anything. Hell, if you didn't understand Mariota's going to be the starter here when they signed him, your head is up your arse too far. So again, this is media today. It's ridiculous. Is Mariota going to be the starter at the end of the day? Yes. Is it based off using your source that Charles London said he's our quarterback one? No. No, I'm using logic and fact and reason. That's why when they the day they signed him, I said, okay, there's your starter for this year until he gets hurt. And then, you know, and then once the draft happened, okay, here's the quarterback they're going to give a shot to that's going to play some this year and maybe have a chance to start either this year or in the future. But again, celebrating the idea of what an, a quarterback's coach said that as if it ruined the whole surprise and now the cake is going to fall over. It's the whole thing is ridiculous. All right. Thank you so much for making Hitting Hard with John Trucker your first listen every day. We ask you to make A to Z with Mark Zeno your second listen every day. Mark's back talking all things sports in Atlanta. Opinions you may not like, but you know you got to hear. Free and available on our YouTube page at Locked On Sports Atlanta. Free and available on all of your favorite podcast platforms, Spotify, Odyssey, whatever your favorites are. Download it. Five-star review is there. Give me a follow on my personal Twitter page at JMCH316. All right. Be looking out on our YouTube page, Jarvis Davis and I. We're going to be out at Falcons training camp today, so we'll try to put some content online. We'll check out what the Falcons have going on. Going to be a busy Friday out at Flowery Branch. Media's going to be there. Everybody's going to be there. Thanks so much for being a part of the show. We'll catch you on Monday. It's been Hitting Hard with John Chuckery. I'm Locked Up Sports Atlanta.